0: Who is ready to hear a message from God today? Who is ready to fulfill everything that God has called you to fulfill? The last thing that we want is to stand before God one day and realize that we had so many other things that he wanted us to do, and we never accomplished it, we never fulfilled it because we got in the way. Not somebody else got in the way, not the enemy got in the way, but we got in the way, you know? We're going to go to Judges 6, verse 11 through 13. I'm going to read this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the name of the message today. What did, what did he say? He said, I love Pastor Keith. I love you too I love you too oh my goodness I'm about to cry he's only two years old he said I love Pastor Keith <laughs> oh my god I'm about to, you guys are about to make me cry I'm not even I haven't gotten started yet Lord, <laughs> that was the cutest thing ever <laughs> oh man oh I'm so blessed thank you Lord all right Judges 611 so it says now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree which was an Oprah. Uh, b- by the way, last last week, uh, it was brought to my attention through my wife and through my mom that I said a particular word completely wrong, um, and um, after being humiliated in that moment, um, I said, "Look, if I say if, if I'm reading something from a scripture, if I say something that's not pronounced the right way, can you just tell me I'm messing up in the moment, please?" And say, "Look, that's not how you say it. I called something heifer, and it was really heifer." and um, you watched the message from last week, you'll notice I said that many times with confidence. I was like, hyper, hyper. And uh, so listen, if I do that again today, look, look we're family, okay? This is, I'm not performing, I am not performing, I'm not trying to impress you, but if I say a word that is not pronounced right, just, you have the freedom to say it's how it's really supposed to be said, okay? Just say it, please. Here we go, so I'm gonna try this again. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree which was in Ophrah, not Oprah, but Ophrah, okay. (laughs) I said that right. Which belonged to Joaz the Abizrite, while his son Gideon thrust wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon responded back, just like many of us respond back. And he said, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. This is part four of Born Identity. The name of the message today is called Think About It. Everyone say, Think About It. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the anointing in your presence, Lord. I I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would reach the people today, that you would connect with hearts today, that you would connect with spirits today. Father, in Jesus' name, even people who are watching online that come across the YouTube channel and watch this video, Lord, I pray that you would shake them even in those moments, Father, that they come online. Father, I pray for divine appointments for everybody in this place. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that no one is going to leave the same. In the name of Jesus, but everybody that is here, Or listening in some form of way is going to experience a breakthrough, a breakthrough in their marriage, a breakthrough in their family, a breakthrough with their physical health, a breakthrough with their mental health, a breakthrough, Lord Jesus, financially, a breakthrough emotionally. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we agree and we come into agreement with the word that people are going to experience breakthrough today under these words. In Jesus mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on. Yeah. Yes. You may have a seat. Thank you, brother. Man, I love having expectation because expectation is faith. You know, please, Western culture church is so commercialized and we come and we see a performer on the stage and we're supposed to tap dance and make people laugh and we sit in our comfortable seats with air conditioning. Let me tell you this. Like, at the end of the day, the church, the church, God is calling us to be the church, but he wants his church to experience power and transformation I am, we are not here to do this, to draw crowds of people just so we can sound popular and be popular you know, in the world. We want transformation. We want people to be changed. And so every single week when we come here, we are prayed up. We have fasted. We have, we have interceded. We're like, God, what are you saying to your people? Because this is the time and time time era that we live in. We cannot play church no more. The world is getting darker and darker. Society's propaganda is closing in on us each and every single day. And if we do not know who we are in the Lord, we are going to get crushed. We are going to get ambushed. We're going to lose our families and relationships. We're going to be overwhelmed by fear and anxiety. We're going to to lose the battle if we do not step into the things that God is calling us to do. So that's our mission. Amen? Everyone say, think about it. it. You know, I I remember I came home. uh, This wasn't recently. But I came home one time and the kitchen was stinking. I was like, what is going on? I went to the trash can, you know, because that's what you think is the trash. Maybe some food got thrown in the trash can, right? There was no food in the trash can. I was really confused, like, what, what is stinking this house up? And then I went to the fridge and I realized that we had some leftovers that had been in there for way too long. <laughs> and uh, it stank up the entire house. Let me ask you this question Is anybody a fan of leftovers? Any leftovers? Okay, cool, cool. I love leftovers too. But if leftovers are in your fridge for too long, do you know it can be dangerous? (laughs) Like really, really dangerous? And many of us, our minds right now have been stinking because we have some leftover thoughts that should have been thrown away years ago. How can we fulfill the things that God is calling us to do with, with our minds the meditating on leftover relationships, wow. meditating on leftover trauma, meditating on leftover rejections, meditating on, on on leftover missed opportunities that failures things that we've been through we're meditating on things from our past and it is beginning to contaminate our minds and the thing about it is is that if these thoughts If these thoughts today, going on this week, if we do not get a hold of these thoughts and take dominion and authority over these thoughts, it's going to keep us under a certain identity. This is what it says in Proverbs 3, 23, 7. Think about it. Y'all ready to get deep today? Can we get deep today? Look, man, I'm ready, man. I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to grow. We're going to grow today. Proverbs 23, 7 says this. For as he or she thinks In their heart, in his heart, so is he. A person's thoughts determines their identity. Do you understand that you can come in here, you can go online, you can listen to message after message, you can get prayer after prayer, you can move five steps forward, but then go ten steps back because we're because of our thoughts, because of our minds that keeps us stuck in certain addictions, that keeps us stuck in certain negative patterns. That, 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 that keeps us stuck in things that God has already freed us from. And so we're, we're, the reason why we're experiencing this is because we don't understand the authority that we have through the power of Jesus. We don't understand the, the authority and the power that we carry through the word of God. That you do not have to agree with every thought that comes into your mind. That through the power of Jesus Christ, through the word, you can take captive every single thought that comes in your mind that is not agreeable to the word. And and, and you can rebuke it and you can say, I don't receive this. And you can you can instead reach for God's true thoughts about who you are. And a lot of us can see where God is calling us to be. And this is why this message is so pertinent. It is right on time because God was like, look, I was going to save this message for next week. God was like, nope, this week. I was like, okay. (laughs) And the reason why is because we're starting to see. We're entering a time where we're starting to see things that God is calling us to do. Who can see right now? Who's starting to see the direction where God is calling you to walk in? Who's who's, things are starting to open up for you maybe? Maybe you're starting to see some things down the line, some opportunities, some potential clientele, a potential business, a potential project, something that you can see down the line, but you can see its potential of the purpose that God has called you to. But how many know that you can see all that you want to see, but your negative thoughts can still hold you back? You can see all that you want to see is right there before you, but your negative thoughts can hold you back. As I, as I alluded to uh, recently in this series, I talked about the children of Israel. They got to the edge of their promised land, and they saw the promised land. They saw, they saw the, 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 the produce. They saw the quality of living. If they could cross over, they saw it all. But because they, they, they were you know, basically being confined by their negative thinking, their negative thoughts prevented them from moving into the promised land where God called them to be. You can drive p- past your promised land all the time. God can say, I want you to live here. I want you to move here. I want you to start this thing. I want you to invent this. I want you to step out, and I want you to create this because it's going to save so many lives. And you can get into the moment of it, and you can get, get excited about it, and get emotional about it, and say, okay, I'm going to do it. This is it. This is what I'm going to do. And all of a sudden, here goes those thoughts. All of a sudden, what if I fail? All of a sudden you start thinking about and replaying all the disappointments and the time you lost money and the time you lost that relationship and the time that this thing didn't work out and you begin to be hunted by your own trauma from your past. We start even thinking about identity stuff going back to when we were a kid. And we start thinking about what, what mom said about me and what dad said about me and what my brother or sister or cousin said about me. And we start, we start, start believing with it and start agreeing with it when we're trying to step out and we can never fulfill. We, we start a lot of things, but we can't finish it. Hey, I got this, whole, I got this business idea. This is what I'm going to do. And then, and, then, and then something happens and, and people are like, what happened to the business thing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing something new now. I'm Because every single time we start doing something, it's our negative thinking that prevents us from entering our promised land. And God is saying, in order for you to walk into the identity and to do the things that I'm calling you to do, you got to think about it. You got to think about who God has called you to be each and every day of your life. Because, Because a person's thinking determines their identity. It's not coming to church. I wish it was. I wish coming to church determined your identity. I wish watching messages online Determine your identity. No, it's actually your day to day thinking that determines who you are. Listen, I cannot. I'm like, Lord, use me. But I cannot compete with your day to day thoughts. I can't I I can't do it, (laughs) you know. And so God is saying this. This is this is the time to do it. And so I'm excited because in this series, we've been talking about spiritual identity. Everyone say spiritual identity. And I love, I love talking about spiritual identity. I love talking about how God sees you. I really, really do because he loves you so, so, so much that when God sees you, he sees you as the apple of his eye. He sees you as his treasure. He sees you as his beloved. When God looks at you, he sees you as his child. He sees you as his baby. He sees you as his daughter. He sees you as his son. That when God sees you, listen, he is not disappointed in you. He is not mad at you. A lot of times we attribute God the way God sees us with an experience with a parent. If we were in trouble with that parent or if we're not on good terms with that parent or, 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 or we associate the way God sees us with someone, a mentor or a teacher or someone that was in some type of position that we looked up to and they were like a spiritual parent. And we start to associate how God sees us with how they see us. But that could be further from the truth. When God sees you, he's not disappointed in you. When God sees you, he smiles. He smiles. He smiles on your worst day. Whew, can you let that sink in? God's, when God sees you, he smiles on your worst day, the time where you drop the ball. He smiles when he sees you. Because the reason why he smiles when he sees you, because when he sees you, he doesn't see the guilt that you think, that you think you're walking in. You see, when God sees you, he sees the finished work of his son. You see, we were guilty. That's right, we were guilty. We had no chance. And then Jesus said, I got to do this. I got to do this myself. So he came down, and he went to the cross, and he died for the guilt. He cleared up the debt of sin that we had against us. And after Jesus said, it is finished, he said, those who receive me, the guilt is gone. And now you are not guilty anymore. When God sees you, he sees you through the finished work of his son, Jesus. When God sees you, he sees you as so fresh and so we got some people listening to the message from last week. Okay, good. <laughs> when God sees you, he sees you as perfectly clean. Amen? Amen. Woo! I love amens. I do. I love, I love Sundays. I love Sundays. Woo! Come on. Let's, let's get... Yes! Can I, tell you the real, can I tell you the truth, though? The reason why I love Sundays so much is, is I, I love the amens, I love the hallelujahs, because Because the word that gets deposited to you on Sundays is the same word that gets uprooted out of you on Mondays. When we wake up, come on, when we wake up and we face life. Woo, Sundays, woo, hallelujah. Then Mondays we wake up bombarded with all these thoughts. Bombarded with insecurities. Bombarded with burdens, bombarded with deadlines, bombarded with people that get on our nerves, bombarded with all these messages, confusion, lust, pride, depression, anxiety, worry, lack. We wake up with all these things that bombard us. And what happens is, is that that word on Sunday, whoo, today is powerful. Come on now, let's, let's, let's celebrate. But then during the week, we're walking in under the identity of someone who is defeated. And the reason why is because we allow the negative thoughts that come in on Monday morning move us out of our identities in Jesus. And so today, I, I, we, we got to go there. We got to go there because, look, I don't want you just to walk in victory on Sunday. I don't want you to just walk in victory, listening to a message online and be like, "Whoa praise the Lord. And then you wake up the next day, and it's the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. And then we realize that although, you know, the days are passing, we're not necessarily growing in our relationship with God nor in the spirit because our negative thoughts are running the show. Amen? For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. A person's thoughts, like I said, determines their identity. Romans 12.2, this is what it says. Romans 12.2 says... And do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Everyone say transformed. transformed. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does this mean? That means God has given you access to be transformed. To be transformed, not, not becoming like a part of like weird, like you joined a cult. I don't mean that type of transformed, okay? like. You start dressing differently and, you know, I'm not, that's that's just weirdness. Run. Okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a spiritual transformation where people that don't know Jesus can see Jesus on you. No, you didn't hear me. I'm talking about people who don't know God can see the presence of God on you. They may call it energy. They may call it good vibes. They can call it whatever they want. They see the presence of God on your life. That is called spiritual transformation. Spiritual transformation is not a Sunday thing. Spiritual transformation is a Monday through Saturday thing. And that's what God wants for us to be. Now, He's not. what I'm not saying is is that, okay, it's time to be perfect. I I always got to give this disclaimer because I'm not talking about perfection and I'm not talking about works. All I'm saying is God wants your mind. And if you can give God your mind, then you're going to be able to walk in your identity and fulfill the things he's called you to do. So it says, and do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. There's a pattern that is in this world. There's a pattern that we wake up to see every single day, from social media to news outlets to our favorite music and artists we look up to, from just driving down the street and seeing the billboards, that there is an agenda. There's an agenda. <laughs> You, if you have any platform, you understand there is an agenda, there is assignments, there's an agenda of lust, there's an agenda of pride, there's an agenda of, of adultery, there's an agenda of rebellion, there's an agenda of chaos. And the thing, the thing about it is, is that the society and the culture that we live in, the propaganda that we are surrounded by is after our identities. And the way our identities get stolen is when we allow the agendas to penetrate our thoughts. And that is the reason, I'm going to my second, my second point today, that is the reason why it's, it's, it's enough is enough for us just being offensive believers. We need to be defensive believers. You see, receiving a message like this, this is easy to do. That's offense. Getting prayer from somebody, that's, it's easy to do. That's, that's offense. Getting an encouraging word from someone, woo, that's amazing. That's offense. But then during the week, we don't know how to defend ourselves. You know, um, anybody like sports? Any sports fans in the house? Yeah. Yes. Recovering from a broken heart. Javier was my therapist this morning. And I told him it wasn't fair that the Lakers lost the way they lost. I don't care about injuries. I'm sorry, let me stick on the message. We're going to continue our session after church today. Um, (laughs) You know, when it comes to baseball or football or basketball, you know, like sports like that, like, you know, Offense will win your games, right? Offense will win your games, but defense wins. I do got some sports fans. Offense will win your games, but defense wins championships. And so we are not winning championships because we only focus on offense as believers. And that's the reason why we are getting older, but we're not going from glory to glory and faith to faith we're not growing spiritually because we only know how to be offense we only know how to be on offense and god is saying in order for us to go to the next level to really go to the next level i'm talking about for real not just saying it is if we understand how to how to have a defensive plan how to create a defense to guard our thinking and that means you just can't watch everything that comes on I'm sorry. It means you just can't listen to everything that comes on. I'm sorry. There has to be boundaries. There has to be parameters. I'm not saying be religious. I'm not saying being weird. But I'm saying that you have to guard yourself. You have to guard your identity. You have to, when, when something is on and it's a weakness of yours, you're going to have to You know, either fast forward or or go to another show or or stop watching it. You know, there there has to be a game plan. A lot of us just say, I'm I'm strong and we put so much confidence in our flesh, we put so much confidence in our abilities, and the reason why we're stuck in this same mental state is because we don't have a defensive plan. In order to be successful in this day of age, you have to be intentional. You have to have a defensive plan. You have to have boundaries. Of, of the things that you are permitted in your spirit because not everything is conducive for your spirit. And there had to, there's so many shows that I love to watch, but man, I can't watch it anymore. I was so mad. I was watching the show. I'm not going to say the name of it. I was frustrated, man. Episode three was like, oh, I came to my wife, Mara. I was like, look, man, I was like, this this show is the new show. I'm like, I, got a, I finally got a show. I finally got a show. Episode four, man, I'm not going to tell you what they did, man. I was like, for real? The main character, for real? for real, I can't even watch it anymore because I have to guard my identity. I have to guard my thinking. I have to guard my spirit so that I can walk in him, so I can walk in purity, so I can make the right decisions. The reason why some of us are struggling in the things that we are struggling with, yes, the grace of God covers it, but God wants you to grow and get freedom is because we just allow anything in. Come on in. Everything in my house. Like, we have no, we have no, there's is no boundaries. No boundaries at all. Yes, we are free in Christ, but we're not free to be ignorant. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have grace in the Lord. We have freedom. But, but use that grace with wisdom. So this is what it says in Ephesians 6 verse 15. It's Ephesians 6, verse 15. This is powerful because this is about creating a defensive plan for your life. Every single day, you have to get on defense. I want you this week, starting tomorrow, I want you to begin to have a defensive plan on how you're going to fulfill the things that God has called you to fulfill. All right? And for you to get this plan, you have to understand that as a child of God, there is a spiritual war that is happening around you that you cannot see. You have to look at yourself like a warrior of Jesus. You have to look at yourself like someone who is armed. You have to look at yourself like a soldier. And every soldier, when there is a battle going on, every time they leave, I don't care where they go, they can use the restroom, they can go somewhere and get some food, they are on guard. They do not let their guards down for one second. They're on guard. They are watching. They're vigilant. Because there is a battle that is happening around them. There is a battle that is happening. I know we just want to pretend it's not real. And you know what? I wish it wasn't real. I wish we could just chill every day and do what we want. But there is a battle. And I'm telling you, the battle is an opposition of demonic forces that is here to steal, to kill, and destroy your identity. And it is so real, and I've seen it with my own eyes. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So we got we to gotta get this. This is the defensive plan. So it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on. Thank you. I love that. Put on the. Full armor. Then how can we just put on one shoe? Put on the full armor. The entire armor, the whole armor, but the reason why we are being beat up, being jumped by the devil, and we are losing to, 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 to this depression, we're losing to this fear, we're losing to this addiction. Every time we think about it, we, we, just, we just give in. The reason why our thoughts tell us what to do and we just go for it, we can't control our tempers, we can't control our hearts, we can't control our thoughts and our mind. The reason why is because we wake up every day and we just put one shoe on. We say a little prayer. God, thank you for today. Uh, bless it. Bye. And we wondering why we are we have been walking in this defeated identity. It's time for warriors to arm yourselves in the spirit in the spirit you have to defend yourself you have to have a defensive plan because yes you'll have some good days because offense does win you some games but you will never fulfill the championships in this season that god has for you if you do not learn how to play defense we have to defend ourselves this is what it says put on the entire armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil Here's 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 a, here's the scripture. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, meaning this ain't just a coincidence. You're not just having a bad day. That person at work that that has an attitude with you for no reason—that's just not happening for no reason. There's something behind that. <laughs> There's something behind that phone call you just got. There's something behind why you're waking up feeling a certain way you're waking up. Why do I feel like this? There is, a, there is an agenda. It says, but we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is the spiritual realm. So it says in verse th- 13, it says, therefore, take up the entire armor of God. It's letting you know again, you have... To, to do this that you may be able to withstand the evil day now it's going to break down how to do how to put on your armor okay well how do we put on our armor what does that look like verse 14 it says stand therefore having girded your waist with truth to say truth. truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness meaning that each and every day you got to remind yourself in the lord that you are his righteousness Because then the enemy cannot make you feel guilty or feel condemned or make you feel unworthy or less than. No, 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 no. Each and every day, God, I thank you that I am the righteousness of God. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you're not mad at me. Yes, I know I'm going through this. Yes, I know I'm going through that. But I thank you that you have a plan for my life. You see, you do not leave your house without you reminding yourself that I am the righteousness of God. That's one. Defense. It says, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, of peace. Father, I thank you for your peace. I'm going through this fear. And so you say, God, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of worried about this situation. And and whatever you have to do in that moment, you you come to God and say, God, I'm struggling with this fear. I don't want to just live with this fear. I don't want to just carry this fear. God, I surrender this fear. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how I'm going to get the finances to take care of this. I don't know, but you do, God. And so, Lord, I surrender this to you. That's number two. You leave. You walk in his peace. Don't tolerate just being scared. Don't tolerate being afraid or being nervous. No, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to live in the thought process of being afraid. No. You have a reward. You have an inheritance. You have a benefit that you have to take advantage of. You have the king of kings and the lord of lords, not only as your father, but living on the inside of you. You do not have to be afraid of nothing. Of nothing. When my when, when our uh, our sister Pandora went through what she went through, you know, and, and she... You know, got a, got a negative report for the doctor. You know, I said, I said, don't let the enemy distract you. I said, don't let the enemy distract you from you praising him, from you praising God, from, from, from you doing the things that God has called you to do, because all this is is just a distraction. And all it was was just a distraction. And so all the things that the turmoil, that the challenges that we face, they're just distractions. You keep your eyes on Jesus. You keep your eyes on him. And let God take care of your distractions. Let him take care of your distractions. So it says 16, verse 16, it says, above all, this is very, very, very important, this is it, above all, like this is the most important thing, that's why it says above all, like they should have put this first. <laughs> the writer was like, oh my God, I forgot, above all, it should have went up there, but I'll just say above all and it covers it, okay. Above all, taking the shield of faith, faith comes by hearing, the scripture says in Hebrews 11, 1, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith, if you want faith, God, I'm struggling with unbelief. That's because you're not hearing enough of the word. If you're struggling with unbelief right now, I can't believe for this. It's too big for me. I I have this physical pain in my body, but I can't believe for healing. I'm struggling in my marriage or relationships or I'm struggling in my heart or I'm going through this situation, but I don't have enough faith to believe. Then that means God is saying to you, you need to hear more. You need to hear my word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But if faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, well, so does unbelief. So does fear. So does lust. So does pride. So does all these other things that come in. And that's the reason why defensively I have to guard what I'm listening to all the time. Because if faith comes by hearing, so can these other things come by hearing. So this is what it says. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith, By hearing the word of God, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts. Did I say that right? Sorry, I did go to school and I did graduate from college. I I do. I'm not going to name the college. I'm going to be very embarrassed at this moment, but just trust me that I have. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's go. Um, Okay. Which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Fiery darts of the wicked one. This is talking about thoughts. Thoughts. Everyone say thoughts. Thoughts. So it says above all, this is the most important thing, taking the shield of faith. There's a shield of faith which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Meaning that the spiritual realm that is around you, there are darts coming at your mind. There are darts coming at your heart. There are darts coming at your confidence. There are darts coming at your security. There are darts that are being shot, 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 shot. And when thoughts come, you do not have to agree with it. No, no, no. The shield of faith blocks the darts. Meaning when the thoughts try to overwhelm you, no, 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 no. I thank you, God, that you are supplying all my needs according to your riches and glory. I thank you that I'm not going down. I don't care how bad it looks, God. I put my shield up right now. In Jesus' name, I don't care if I'm going through this. I don't care if it looks bad. God, you made me a promise, and I received that promise in Jesus' name. And and when you do that, you put your shield up, and you block those darts. That's called defense. And if we're going to mature in the spirit, if we're going to mature as believers, we have to learn how to play defense. One thought comes in someone's mind, and all of a sudden they agree with the thought. And that's it, and that's their identity. That's just like that. You do not have to agree with every thought that comes in. Matter of fact, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, you better not agree. No, 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 I'm not crazy. Yeah. Uh-uh, I don't, I don't care what the doctor said, or I don't care if they're trying to give me this, this, this label on me. No, 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 I'll rebuke that, uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can try to call me what you want. It's not, I'm not that. Yeah. I do not receive that in yeah. Jesus' name. Amen. So it says right here, it says, and then take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation Meaning that each and every day, like I said, you have to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness, okay? Number one thing, righteousness. For those of you who are not taking notes, I feel like this is like a spiritual class today, so you probably should, okay? Because you're not, I mean, I'm telling you, you wake up tomorrow morning and you would be like, what did he say yesterday? All of a sudden, all the thoughts start coming to your mind and you, it's a wrap. Um, (laughs) Man, the YouTube video doesn't come out for another day, you're really in trouble (laughs) Man, so the number one thing is righteousness. Remind yourself that you are the righteousness of God. The second thing is don't leave your house without peace. Do not leave your house without peace. Or if you're staying home all day because you're working, just don't leave the room without peace. I don't know. Um, <laughs> don't go into the kitchen without peace. I don't know. Okay? Okay. Um, and then taking the shield of faith, man, taking the shield of faith, and faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. When I'm reading the word and I'm reading the word, I'm getting faith so I can block out all the darts of the enemy. And the last thing is you have to put on that helmet of salvation because the enemy comes after your head. Once the enemy gets your head, it is, it is game over. In a war, you strike someone's head, that's it. And so that's where the thoughts are. And so the enemy coming after your thoughts. But with all this, you are girded and guarded. Amen. Amen. Amen before I get into this text real quick, I want to talk about relationships. Can I talk about relationships real quick? Yeah. What if you're stuck thinking a certain way because of the people that you hang around? 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You know, uh, my wife and I, we, when we first got married, like, and we're st- we still are today, like, We're very big on on our words and declarations. Like, we do not say, like, I don't care what we're going through. If we don't have any money in the account, we never say, I'm broke. We never say, man, I'm struggling. We always speak life over our situations. That's just how God has trained us, and it's worked time and time again. And so we always come into agreement with what God says about us, right? And I remember we started hanging out with a group of people, and the group of people that we were hanging out with, you know, they were really fun. I loved hanging out with them. Um, But we noticed that when we started hanging out with them, this was, I don't know, five years ago, I noticed that when we started hanging out with them, they, were all, they would all talk a certain way. And I remember, like, the first couple of times, like, I noticed it, like, they were always very negative. They would always complain about their issues and struggles, and, um, you know, it was just one of those things. And, and so, months later, we're at home, we're talking, and all of a sudden, I'm talking to Maral, and I'm, like, complaining about all the issues that are happening in my life. And in the moment, we both kind of at the same time, we're like, oh, my goodness, We sound just like them. And we realized because we were hanging out with them so closely like every other day, it, it, it affected the way we were thinking. We started thinking like how they thought. No matter how much Bible time we got, no matter how much time we prayed, no matter how much time we went after God, because we were hanging out with these people every day, it trumped all that. Because at the end of the day, bad company will always corrupt good character no matter what. No matter what. And so we had to take a few steps back and, and get balance in our life because we were starting to sound and starting to think like them. Proverbs 423 says this: it says, above all else, guard your heart. You have to play defense. Above all else, guard your heart. Because it says this is the NIV, is NIV? I don't know if you put the NIV, yeah. I got two versions, the NIV and the New King James. I want you to see both. But it says, above all else, guard your heart from everything that you do flows from it. The New King James says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. The issues of life. What if our personal issues that we're dealing with today is a result from what we've allowed to dominate our thinking? What if our personal issues that we're dealing with today is a result from what we've allowed to dominate our thinking. God is saying it's time to fight back. It's time to fight back. You have too much power to just allow the enemy to do what he wants to do and confuse you. Amen? All right, we're going to get into this text. You guys still here? Yeah. All right. We're going to get into this thing. We're going to go to the next level. Can we go to the next level? Go to the next level. This is this is really powerful. Like This part is really prophetic as well um, because I want to talk about this. This is... Um, We're going to get to Judges, Judges 6-3. And I want to talk about someone named Gideon. But I want to talk about Gideon from a perspective that that I've never really heard from, and 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 God showed me how it's really relevant for this message. Um, The nation of Israel is at a place where they have a covenant with God, but then they reject God. And when they reject God, a door opens up for another nation called Midian. Everyone say Midian. Midian comes in, and Midian oppresses them for seven years. And I want to show you how Midian oppresses them, because this is very relevant. This is what it says in Judges six three. Thank you, Father, for your presence in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Man. Sorry, I was just feeling like resistance. Thank you, Lord. All right, Judges 6.3. So it says, so it, so, so it was... Whenever Israel had sown, everyone say sown. Midianites would come up. Verse 4. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. I'm going to say it again. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, sown, sown. When when you're reading about sowing, everything about sowing has to do with abundance, okay? And I I want to show you something real quick. Everything about sowing has to do with abundance. What you sow in one season, right? A farmer sows in one season. The farmer reaps the abundance of the next season. Okay. God's people are sowing year after year. This is so important. They sow year after year, and every single time they sow for seven years— Every single time they sow, they're trying to get a harvest. They're trying to get breakthrough. They're trying to get an abundance. Every time they sow, this other nation called Midian comes out of nowhere and they come to destroy the land. Midian is not coming to kill them. Midian is coming to kill their seeds. (laughs) Midian is not even thinking about them. They're they're just trying to destroy what they have. And I want to show you what Midian looks like in our lives. You see seed, you know, you, you put a seed in, seed in the ground and you expect it to grow. Seeds in the Bible represent the word of God. God has given us seeds. And the thing about it is, is that he's, put, he's given us seeds, but, the, but there's a reason why we're not reaping. We, we sow a lot. We're, we're, we sow financially, we sow physically, we sow emotionally, we sow mentally. But there is a reason why we haven't seen the harvest yet. There is a reason that why we are not reaping. And I have to expose this because this is very important because I know that people right now are believing for a harvest. They're believing to reap the things that God has put in their hearts. But there is something that has come against that, and it's Midian. I need to show you Midian. This is Matthew thirteen twenty. I want to show you Midian. Matthew 13, 20. It says, But he who receives seed on stony places, this is he or she who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Let me tell you what happens every single Sunday across the world people receive messages. We are so excited, Amen, Hallelujah! I've been to churches where people run around the church. I'm like, man, this, you know, this is great. Um, people do all type of stuff, dance, sing. We are excited. You listen to messages. You're like, oh my goodness, this is a great word. This is a great word. This is a great message. This message spoke right to me, man. God, God was just, God was just speaking to me on this one. This is, I mean, wow, this changed my life. You see, this is the sowing. The Israelites would sow every single year. And they would always expect a harvest. And we hear messages, and the seeds are being sown. But we're not reaping it. It's the same exact thing that happens every New Year's Eve. We, New Year's Eve, we're so excited for the next year. We write down our vision. We write down our goals. Man, this is going to be the best year ever. Man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to change this. I'm going to start working out here. I'm going to start doing all these different things. We put all these visions down, and that's the sowing. But let me tell you what happens for many of us and what's been happening to a lot of us. Verse 21. Here we go. Here's the truth. It says, yet he who's been sowing has no root in himself and so only endures only for a while. No root. Everyone say root. 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 The reason why the church in totality is not moving in power The reason why we are not moving in power is because on Sundays or when we hear a message, we're very emotional. But Monday through Saturday, we're not rooted in Jesus. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I'm tired of being emotional and then living the rest of the week and under another identity. Because being emotional, I guess it gets cool for community and you want to, we get some goosebumps, we get a couple of laughs, we shout a little bit, but it's not doing nothing for my marriage. <laughs> it's not doing nothing for my children. It's not doing nothing for my relationships. It's not doing anything for me at my job. There's no changes. There's no growth. There's nothing happening in my life. I look the exact same because I only understand offense and not defense. And so people are not rooted in Jesus. And here's another truth. I can't wait to say this. Man, thank you, Lord. Let me give another example. Another example of not being rooted in Jesus is when we only hear the voice of God through a person. We never hear the voice of God on our own. We've gotten to the point where it's almost equivalent to someone that's in their 40s but they're living with their parents. It's like that. We get so dependent on people that it makes us not have to rely on hearing from God on our own. And that is a life of deception. You will never hear, you will never do the things that God has called you to do if you only hear God's voice through a person that is speaking. You need, we have to get in a position where we can hear the voice of God on our own. God wants to speak to you. I am not better than anybody in this room. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He don't have no favorites. He loves you. If he could do it for me, he could do it for you. God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you, through, you know, during your week. He wants to speak to you in the car. He wants to speak to you when you take your walks. He wants to speak to you on lunch break. He wants to speak to you when, when you're washing the dishes or cleaning up. He wants to speak to you in the way that he speaks to you because everyone is different. Amen? Amen? And so in order for that to happen, we have to get rooted in Jesus. It's time to grow up in the Lord, and it's time to stop just depending on God on a Sunday or on another day that you attend church or you watch online, it stop, it's, it's time to stop depending through on people and start getting in our position as a child of God. <laughs> so this is what it says. it says. It says in verse 22, it says, Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And he becomes unfruitful. The cares of the world. I'm going to say the cares. So we receive the word on Sunday or on whatever day, whatever, right? We receive the word however you hear the message or where you go to listen. We receive the encouragement. We receive the revelation. We receive it, and it is a great message. It speaks right to us, right? But then the next day or later on in the day, the cares of the world come around to choke that word out of you the cares of the world the world the world there's 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 drama at work there's a situation where i have to pay and i don't know where the money is coming from I have to maneuver my family, my kids, my marriage. I have to There's burdens. There's projects. There's events that I'm responsible for. There's meetings that I have to conduct. There's things happening, and the cares of the the world comes in. And the thing about it is is that if we don't understand how to defend ourselves in the Lord, what happens is, is that what was deposited in you on a Sunday gets uprooted out of you through your thoughts on Monday. And then the result is we don't bear fruit. And I told you, like, we don't want a church just to have church. We want our people, we want to see Purpose Place lay move in fruit. We want to see our people move in their purpose, have have testimonies of what God is doing in their lives. We want that because that is what God has called us to do. All right, so let's get back to this. So it says, it says, um, where do I want to go? Where do I want to go? i go to Luke 6.45. I'm going to go to Luke 6.45, and this is the last thing before I, before I get in, because I just want to show you real quick. There's so much happening today, so much word, but I want to show you how, how like, how, how, how do our thoughts affect what we see in our life? I, that's what I just want to show you. How, how is our thinking affecting our reality? And this is what it says in Luke 6.45. It says, a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. Good treasure represents thoughts. Good treasure represents thoughts that build you up, that draw you closer to God, that edify you. Evil treasure represents thoughts that tear you down, that draw you away from God. And this is what it says. It says, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Out of the abundance, meaning, get this, Whoever is winning the battle, if, if the good treasure that's in you is winning the battle, you're going to start speaking like you're going to be speaking the good treasure. If the evil treasure is winning the battle and it has more of the abundance, the evil treasure is going to come out of how you speak. I can, we can hang out together for one hour. And by the end of the hour, I'm going to know what you've been thinking because how you've been thinking is how you are speaking. Yeah. Out of the overflow of your mind, your mouth speaks. Now here's the dangerous thing about this, because your thoughts create your reality. You, you're creating the reality. And this is what it says in Mark 11, We got We got a lot of scriptures today, man, I'm, this is good. Mark eleven twenty three says, he will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. So basically, what we are thinking is what we're going to speak. And what we are speaking is what's going to happen in our life so that means we are living in our life surrounded by what we've been meditating on over the last year it's fruit of what we've been thinking and that's the reason why if we get this taken care of then we can start speaking like how God wants us to speak and after we start speaking how God wants us to speak we can have what God wants us to have all right I'm going to end this right now here we go you guys good got a few more minutes let's let's so we're going to come back we're going to come back to the story with Gideon I just want to end it with this that was the foundation I want to end it with this all right this is what it says just a quick reminder Romans 12 2 do not be conformed to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and then you, you can prove the perfect will of God so this is Gideon Gideon is in a place where the Midianites have been oppressing his people for seven years. And I want you to see what Gideon is doing. Look at this. It says, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, the, 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 while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Right now, we see Gideon hiding. He's hiding... Because he is conforming under the pattern of the world. Because in the world that he lives in, everybody hides from the Midianites. He's just doing what everyone else is doing. He's fearing how everyone else is fearing. But most importantly, he's thinking how everyone else is thinking. And I want you to see what God does. And this is so powerful. This is what God does. It says that an angel of the Lord appeared to him in verse 12 and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. What do you mean? The Lord is what? Like what? God? Why would you say that? Gideon is hiding. He's thinking and moving in fear. And the first thing that God does is is speak the word over his thinking. God says, "Before I can use Gideon, I first need to renew his mind." So the first thing that God speaks over him is that. You are a mighty man of valor. And this is what what Gideon says in verse 13. Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Where are his miracles that our fathers told us about? And he starts going on and going on and going on. Gideon starts going off of God. But what's happening with Gideon is that the overflow of his heart is speaking. He is speaking about the hurt, the pain, everything that he's been meditating on. There's this war with his identity over his thoughts. And look what God says again, says next. Verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? God confirms again that it's not about the outward appearance. But it's about identity, and he begins to speak identity over him. Why does God speak identity over his mind? Why is God renewing his mind? Because in order for Gideon to step into the identity and move in the purpose that God has for his life, he has to get his mind renewed first. And God is saying, I need you to renew your mind so you can do what I'm calling you to do. And this is what happens, verse 15. So Gideon responds back again. And he says, oh, Lord, how can I save Israel? Now he starts going back to his past. Now he starts going back to the way he grew up. And he said, indeed, my clan is the weakest and the smallest, and I'm the least in my father's house. And God drops the mic after this. He says, for the third time. And the Lord said to him, surely I'm going to be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. God breaks it down to Gideon. He says, I don't care. I don't care where you're from. I don't care your, your age. I don't care your gender. I don't care the mistakes and the failures that you, you, you have. At the end of the day, none of that matters because I am with you. I am with you. And that is it. That is it. So then he steps into his identity. You guys can stand to your feet as we close. Gideon steps into his identity after having this encounter with the word of God over his over his over his thoughts. God focuses on his thoughts and that is it. And so God repeats the word over his thinking and repeats the word over his identity. And so now Gideon after he finally steps into who he is as a child of God, he raises up thousands. He raises up 32,000 Israelites to fight against the Midianites but the Midianites there was one issue they had over 135,000 soldiers Gideon is now rallying the troops right he's a different person he, he's what he's what we, we can look like if we allow God to renew our minds he's a different person you know what happened to Gideon he's been transformed by the renewing of his mind People looked at Gideon, and Gideon is known as being the fearful guy who's hiding, and all of a sudden, he's the one out in front leading everybody. He has a voice. He's bold. He's not afraid of rejection or failure because he has spent time in the presence of God and allowed God to renew the way he thought. And because he let that happen, he stepped into his purpose, right? So he has 32,000 soldiers, and God tells Gideon, you have too many soldiers. And it gets down to 300. Gideon now has 300 soldiers because God said, I don't want you to get the glory. I'm going to get the glory because I want you to know it's not by your might nor by your power, but it's by my spirit. Gideon now has, this is prophetic, 300 soldiers. And they go against 135,000 soldiers. This is impossible. And as they step out to go to battle, God makes basically influences the army the Midianites to fight against each other so by the time Gideon and his army is there they don't have to fight anybody because the army is taking each other out and so what was impossible to do became possible with God because somebody allowed God to use them with who they are and I just want to speak this God wants to transform your life He wants to give you, he wants to bless you, he wants you to prove his will, but it's going to happen when we renew our thinking. Amen? Amen. Amen. Man, I just want to pray. Father, I just thank you. Um, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your presence, Lord. I thank you in Jesus' name for this word to grow in our hearts and grow in our spirits a hundredfold. I I thank you that this is not falling on stony ground, but this is falling on good ground that it is going to increase a hundredfold. That tomorrow when we wake up, we're not just waking up emotionally, but we're going to wake up intentionally to sit down with you, to get with you, to do something to connect with you in some way. I pray, Father, you make the time that you open up the schedule. I pray in the name of Jesus for that for us. And if people who are watching today never received Jesus or never invited Jesus into your heart, he's not mad at you. He's all he's looking for you to say is yes. And so receive Jesus. All you have to do is just say, God, I believe what you did for me on the cross. I believe that you took my place, and I believe that you love me. And the Bible says you will be saved. And so, Lord, we thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. If you guys received the word today... Let's give him a praise.